Part two of Book three of Laws by Plato. Translated by Benjamin Joet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Geoffrey Edwards. Part two of Book three. Athenian Stranger i suppose that there must be rulers and subjects in states cleinias certainly athenian stranger and what are the received principles of rule and obedience in cities whether great or small and similarly in families what are they and how many in number is not one claim of authority which is always just that of fathers and mothers and in general of progenitors over their offspring cleinias certainly athenian stranger next follows the principle that the noble should rule over the ignoble and thirdly that the elder should rule and the younger obey cleinias to be sure athenian stranger and fourthly that slaves should be ruled and their masters rule cleinias of course athenian stranger fifthly if i am not mistaken comes the principle that the stronger should rule and the weaker be ruled cleinias that is an inevitable sort of rule athenian stranger yes and a rule which prevails very widely among all creatures and is according to nature as the theban poet pindar once said and the sixth principle and the greatest of all is that the wise should lead and command and the ignorant follow and obey and yet o thou most wise pindar as i should reply to him that surely is not contrary to nature but according to nature being the rule of law over willing subjects and not a rule of compulsion cleinias very true athenian stranger there is a seventh kind of rule which is conferred by the arbitrament of the lot and is dear to the gods and a token of good fortune he on whom the lot falls is the ruler and he who fails in obtaining the lot goes away and is the subject and this we affirm to be quite just cleinias very true athenian stranger then now as we say playfully to any of those who lightly undertake the making of laws you see before you legislator the principles relating to government and you see too that they are by nature opposed there we have discovered a fountain-head of seditions to which you must attend and first we will ask you to consider with us how and in what respect the kings of argos and messini violated these our maxims and ruined themselves and the great and famous hellenic power of the olden time was this because they did not know the truly excellent saying of hesiod that the half is often greater than the whole his meaning was that when the whole was injurious and the half moderate then the moderate was more and better 
than the immoderate cleinias very true athenian stranger and are we to suppose that this ignorance is less fatal in monarchies than in democracies cleinias the probability is that ignorance will be a more prevalent disorder among kings because they lead a proud and luxurious life athenian stranger is it not palpable that the kings of that time were guilty of trying to be above the established laws and that they did not consistently observe what they had agreed to observe by word and oath this inconsistency of theirs may have had the appearance of wisdom but was really as we assert the greatest ignorance and utterly overthrew the whole empire through fatal error and perversity cleinias that seems to be true athenian stranger good and what ought the then legislator to have done in order to avert this calamity truly there is no great wisdom in knowing and no great difficulty in telling after the evil has happened but to have foreseen the remedy at the time would have taken a much wiser head than ours megalos what do you mean athenian stranger any one who looks at what has occurred with you megalos may easily know and may easily say what ought to have been done at that time megalos speak a little more clearly athenian stranger nothing can be clearer than the observation which i am about to make megalos what is that athenian stranger that if any one gives too great a power to anything too much food to the body too large a sail to a vessel too much authority to the mind and is regardless of the mean everything is overthrown and in the wantonness of excess runs in the one case to disorder and in the other to injustice which is the child of excess i mean to say my dear friends that there is no soul of man young and irresponsible who will be able to sustain the temptation of arbitrary power no one who will not under such circumstances become filled with folly that worst of diseases and be hated by his nearest and dearest friends when this happens his kingdom is undermined and all his power vanishes from him and great legislators should know the nature of the mean and take heed of the danger now as far as we can guess at this time of day what then occurred appears to have been as follows megalos what athenian stranger a god who watched over sparta seeing into the future gave you two families of kings instead of one and thus brought you within the limits of moderation in the next place some human wisdom mingled with divine power observing that the constitution of your government was still feverish and excited tempered your inborn strength and pride of birth with the moderation which comes of age making the power of your twenty-eight elders equal with that of the kings in the most important matters but your third saviour 
perceiving that your government was still swelling and foaming, imposed the power of the ephori as a curb, approximating them to officers elected by lot. And by this arrangement, the kingly office, being compounded of the right elements, and duly moderated, was preserved, and was the means of preserving all the rest. Since, if there had been only the original legislators, Temenus, Cresfontes, and their contemporaries, as far as they were concerned, not even the portion of Aristodemus would have been preserved, for they had no proper experience in legislation, or they would surely not have imagined that oaths would moderate a youthful spirit invested with a power which might be converted into a tyranny. But now that God has instructed us what sort of government would have been, or will be lasting, there is no wisdom, as I have already said, in judging after the event. There is no difficulty in learning from an example which has already occurred. If anyone could only have foreseen all this at the time, and had been able to moderate the government of the three kingdoms, and unite them into one, he might have saved all the excellent institutions which were then conceived, and no Persian or any other armament would have dared to attack us, or would have regarded Hellas as a power to be despised. Clanius. True. Athenian stranger. There was small credit to us, Clanius, in defeating them, and the discredit was not that the conquerors did not win many great battles, both by land and sea, but what, in my opinion, brought discredit was, first of all, the circumstance that of the three cities one only fought on behalf of Hellas, and the two others were so utterly good for nothing that the one was waging a mighty war against Lacedaemon, and thus prevented her from coming to the rescue, and the city of Argos, which had the precedence at the time of the distribution, when asked to aid in repelling the barbarian, would not answer to the call, or give aid. Many things might be told about Hellas in connection with that war, which are far from honourable, nor, indeed, can we rightly say that Hellas repelled the invader, for the truth is that unless the Athenians and Lacedaemonians in concert had repulsed the advancing host, all the tribes of Hellas would have been fused in a chaos of barbarians mingling with Hellenes, and Hellenes with barbarians, just as nations who are now subject to the Persian power, owing to unnatural separations and combinations of them, are dispersed and scattered, and live miserably. These things, Megalos, we lay at the door of statesmen and legislators, as they are called, past and present, in order that we may analyze the causes of them, and find out what else might have been done. We were saying, for instance, just now, that there ought to be no great and unmixed powers, and this was under the idea that a state ought to be free and wise and harmonious, and that a legislator ought to legislate with a view to this end. Nor is there any reason to be surprised 
at our continually proposing aims for the legislator which are not always the same aims but we should consider when we say that temperance is to be the aim or wisdom is to be the aim or friendship is to be the aim that all these are really the same aims and if there are more words of the same kind let not that disturb us cleinias let us resume the argument in that spirit and now speaking of friendship and wisdom and freedom i wish that you would tell me at what in your opinion the legislator should aim athenian stranger hear me then there are two mother forms of states from which the rest may be truly said to be derived and one of them may be called monarchy and the other democracy the persians have the highest form of the one and we of the other almost all the rest as i was saying are variously made up of these now if you are to have liberty and the combination of friendship with wisdom you must have both of these forms of government in a measure that is what the argument would enforce saying that no city can be well governed which is not made up of both cleinias impossible athenian stranger the state which has become exclusively and excessively attached to monarchy or to freedom has neither of them in moderation but your states the laconian and cretan have a certain moderation and the athenians and persians having had more at first have now less shall i tell you the reason of this cleinias by all means if that will tend to the elucidation of our subject athenian stranger here then there was a time when the persians had more of the state which is a mean between slavery and freedom in the reign of cyrus they were free men and also lords of many others the rulers gave a share of freedom to the subjects and being treated as equals the soldiers were on better terms with their generals and showed themselves more ready in the hour of danger and if there was any wise counsellor among them he imparted his wisdom to the public for the king was not jealous but allowed him full liberty of speech and gave honour to those who were able to be his counsellors in anything and allowed all men equally to participate in wisdom and the nation waxed in all respects because there was freedom and friendship and communion of soul among them cleinias that certainly appears to have been the case athenian stranger how then was this advantage lost under cambyses and again recovered under darius shall i try to divine cleinias that question certainly has a bearing on the subject of our inquiry athenian stranger i imagine that cyrus though a great and patriotic general never had any real education and never attended to the order of his household cleinias what makes you say that athenian stranger i think that from his youth upwards he was a soldier and entrusted the bringing up of his children to the women 
and they brought them up from their childhood as the favourites of fortune who were blessed already and needed no more blessings they thought that they were happy enough and that no one should be allowed to oppose them in any way and they compelled every one to praise all that they said or did this was the manner in which they brought them up cleinias a beautiful education that athenian stranger such an education as women were likely to give them and especially princesses who had recently grown rich and in the absence of the men too who were occupied in wars and dangers and too busy to look after them cleinias there is reason in what you say athenian stranger their father had possessions of cattle and sheep and many herds of men and other animals but he did not consider that those to whom he was about to make them over were not trained in his own calling which was persian for the persians are shepherds sons of a rugged land which was a stern mother and well fitted to produce a sturdy race able to live in the open air and watch and to fight also if fighting was required he did not observe that his sons were trained differently being educated in the corrupt median fashion by women and eunuchs this was their high fortune which led to their becoming such as people do become when they are brought up unreproved and so after the death of cyrus his sons in the fullness of luxury and license took the kingdom and first one slew the other because he could not endure a rival and afterwards he himself mad with wine and brutality lost his kingdom through the medes and the eunuch as they called him who despised the folly of cambyses cleinias that is what is said and is probably the truth athenian stranger yes and the tradition says that the empire came back to the persians through darius and the seven chiefs cleinias true athenian stranger let us note the rest of the story observe that darius was not the son of a king and had not received a luxurious education when he came to the throne being one of the seven he divided the country into seven portions and of this there are some shadowy traces still remaining he made laws upon the principle of introducing a sort of universal equality in the order of the state and he embodied in a law the settlement of the tribute which cyrus promised thus creating a feeling of friendship and community among all the persians and attaching the people to him with money and gifts hence his armies cheerfully acquired for him countries as large as those which cyrus had left behind him after darius came xerxes who again was brought up in the royal and luxurious fashion might we not justly say to him o darius why did you not learn wisdom from the misfortunes of cyrus instead of bringing up xerxes in the same way in which he brought up cambyses for xerxes being the creation of the same education met with much the same fortune as cambyses and 
from that time to this there has never been a really great king among the persians although they are all called great and i would argue that this is not to be attributed to fortune the reason is rather the evil life which is generally led by the sons of very rich and royal persons for never will boy or man young or old excel in virtue who has been thus educated and this i say is what the legislator has to consider and what at this moment has to be considered by us justly may you o lacedaemonians be praised for this that you do not give special honour or maintenance to poverty in particular or to wealth in particular or to a royal rather than to a private station where the divine and inspired lawgiver has not originally commanded them to be given for no man ought to have pre-eminent honour in a state because he surpasses others in wealth any more than because he is swift or fair or strong unless he have some virtue in him nor even if he have virtue unless he have this particular virtue of temperance Megalos, what do you mean stranger athenian stranger i suppose that courage is a part of virtue Megalos, to be sure athenian stranger then now hear and judge yourself would you like to have for a fellow-lodger or neighbour a very courageous man who had no control over himself Megalos, heaven forbid athenian stranger or an artist who was clever in his profession but a rogue Megalos, certainly not athenian stranger and surely justice does not grow apart from temperance Megalos, impossible athenian stranger any more than our pattern-wise man whom we exhibited as having his pleasures and pains in accordance with and corresponding to true reason can be without temperance Megalos, no athenian stranger let us now proceed to consider this matter in reference to the due and undue award of honours in states Megalos, in what way athenian stranger i should like to know whether temperance without the other virtues existing alone in the soul of man is rightly to be had in honour or dishonour Megalos, i cannot tell athenian stranger and that is the best answer for whichever alternative you had chosen i think that you would have gone wrong Megalos, i am fortunate athenian stranger very good a quality which is a mere appendage of things honourable and dishonourable does not deserve an expression of opinion but is best expressed in silence Megalos, you are speaking of temperance when you say this athenian stranger yes but of the other virtues that which having the addition of temperance is also most beneficial will be most deserving of honour and next that which is beneficial in the next degree and so each of them will be rightly honoured according to a regular order Megalos, true 
Athenian stranger, and ought not the legislator to determine these classes? Megalos, certainly he should. Athenian stranger, suppose that we leave to him the determination in detail of particular enactments, but as we ourselves have a turn for legislation, let us divide laws into classes, making a first, a second, and a third class according to their importance. Megalos, very good. Athenian stranger, we maintain then that a state which would be safe and happy as far as the nature of man allows must and ought to distribute honour and dishonour in the right way and the right way is to place the goods of the soul first and highest in the scale always assuming temperance as a condition of them and in the second place the goods of the body and in the third place those of money and property and if any legislator or state departs from this rule by giving money the place of honour or in any way preferring that which is really last may we not say that he or the state is doing an unholy and unpatriotic thing megalos yes let that be plainly asserted athenian stranger the consideration of the persian governments led us thus to enlarge we remarked that the persians grew worse and worse and we affirm the reason of this to have been that they too much diminished the freedom of the people and introduced too much of despotism and so destroyed friendship and community of feeling and when there is an end of these no longer do the governors govern on behalf of their subjects or of the people but on behalf of themselves and if they think that they can gain ever so little for themselves they devastate cities and send fire and desolation among friendly races and as they hate ruthlessly and horribly so are they hated and when they want the people to fight for them they find no community of feeling or willingness to risk their lives in fighting for them their untold myriads are useless to them on the field of battle and they think that their salvation depends on the employment of mercenaries and strangers whom they hire just as if they were in want of men moreover they are necessarily stupid since they proclaim by their actions that the opinions which prevail in cities about the honourable and noble are a trifle when compared with gold and silver megalos quite true athenian stranger and now enough of the persians and their present maladministration of their government which is owing to the prevalence of slavery and despotism among them megalos good athenian stranger next we must pass in review the government of attica in like manner and from this show that entire freedom and the absence of all superior authority is not by any means so good as a limited government which was our ancient athenian constitution at the time when the persians made their attack on hellas or speaking more correctly on the whole continent of europe 
there were four classes arranged according to a property census and reverence was our queen and mistress and made us willing to live in obedience to the laws also the vastness of the armament both by sea and on land caused a helpless terror which made us more and more the servants of our rulers and of the laws and for all these reasons an exceeding harmony prevailed among us about ten years before the naval engagement at salamis datis came leading a persian host by command of darius which was expressly sent against the athenians and eretrians having orders to carry them away captive and these orders he was to execute under pain of death now datis and his myriads soon became complete masters of eretria and a fearful report reached athens that no eretrian had escaped him for the soldiers of datis had joined hands and netted the whole of eretria and this report whether well or ill-founded was terrible to all the hellenes and above all to the athenians and they sent embassies in all directions but no one was willing to come to their relief with the exception of the lacedaemonians and they either because they were detained by the messenian war which was then going on or for some other reason for the truth of the matter is not accurately known came a day too late for the battle of marathon after this the news arrived of mighty preparations being made and innumerable threats came from the king then as time went on a rumour reached us that darius had died and that his son who was young and hot-headed had come to the throne and was persisting in his design the athenians were under the impression that the whole expedition was directed against them in consequence of the battle of marathon and hearing of the bridge over the hellespont and the canal of athos and the host of ships considering that there was no salvation for them either by land or by sea for there was no one to help them and remembering that in the first expedition when the persians destroyed eretria no one came to their help or would risk the danger of an alliance with them they thought that this would happen again at least on land nor when they looked to the sea could they descry any hope of salvation for they were attacked by a thousand vessels and more one chance of safety remained slight indeed and desperate but their only one they saw that on the former occasion they had gained a seemingly impossible victory and borne up by this hope they found that their only refuge was in themselves and in the gods all these things created in them the spirit of friendship there was the immediate fear of the occasion and that other present fear which sprang out of the habit of obeying their traditional laws and which i have several times in the preceding discourse called reverence to which the good man is as he ought to be a willing servant and of which the meaner sort of man is apt to be independent and fearless if they had not been possessed by this fear 
they would never have met the enemy or defended their temples and sepulchres and their country and all that was near and dear to them as they did on that occasion but little by little they would have been all scattered and dispersed megalos your words athenian are quite true and worthy of yourself and of your country athenian stranger yes megalos they are true and i may properly speak to you who have inherited the virtues of your ancestors of the actions of that day and i would wish you and cleinias to consider whether they have not also a bearing on legislation for i am not discoursing only for the pleasure of talking but for the argument's sake please to remark that after a sort the same result happened to us which happened to the persians and as they led their people into utter servitude so we on the other hand led ours into all freedom and now how shall we proceed for i would like you to observe that our previous arguments have a good deal to say for themselves megalos true but i wish that you would give us a fuller explanation athenian stranger i will under the ancient laws my friends the people was not as now the master but rather the willing servant of the laws megalos what laws do you mean athenian stranger in the first place let us speak of the laws about music that is to say such music as then existed in order that we may trace the growth of the excess of freedom from the beginning for music was early divided among us into certain kinds and manners one sort consisted of prayers to the gods which were called hymns and there was another and opposite sort called lamentations and another termed paeans and another called dithyrams of which latter the subject if i am not mistaken was the birth of dionysus and they used the actual word laws or nomi when they wanted to denote a particular strain adding only as an epithet the laws or strains of the harp all these and others were duly distinguished nor were they allowed to intermingle one sort of music with another and the authority which determined and gave judgment and punished the disobedient was not expressed in a hiss nor in the most unmusical sweet voices of the multitude as in our days nor in applause and clappings of the hands but the directors of public instruction insisted that the spectators should listen in silence to the end and boys and their tutors and the multitude in general were kept quiet by the touch of the wand such was the good order which the multitude were willing to observe they would not have dared to give judgment by noisy cries and then as time went on the poets themselves introduced the reign of ignorance and misrule they were men of genius but they had no knowledge of what is just and lawful in music raging like bacchanals and possessed with inordinate delights mingling lamentations with hymns and paeans with dithyrams imitating the sounds of the flute on the lyre and making one general confusion 
ignorantly affirming that music has no truth and whether good or bad can only be judged of rightly by the pleasure of the hearer and by composing such licentious poems and adding to them words as licentious they have inspired the multitude with lawlessness and boldness and made them fancy that they can judge for themselves about melody and song and in this way the theatres from being mute have become vocal as though they had understanding of good and bad in music and poetry and instead of an aristocracy an evil sort of theatrocracy has grown up for if the democracy which judged had only consisted of free men there would have been no fatal harm done but in music there first arose the universal conceit of omniscience and general lawlessness freedom came following afterwards and men fancying that they knew what they did not know had no longer any fear and the absence of fear begets shamelessness for what is shamelessness but the insolent refusal to regard the opinion of the better by reason of an over-daring sort of liberty megalos that is most true athenian stranger consequent upon this freedom comes the other freedom of disobedience to rulers and then the attempt to escape the control and exhortation of father mother elders and when near the end the control of the laws also and at the very end there is the contempt of oaths and pledges and no regard at all for the gods herein they exhibit and imitate the old titanic nature and thus they return again to the old and lead an evil life and there is no cessation of ills why do i say this because i think that the argument like a horse ought to be pulled up from time to time and not to be allowed to run away but held with bit and bridle and then we shall not as the proverb says fall off our ass which is the argument let us then once more ask the question to what end has all this been said megalos very good athenian stranger this then has been said for the sake megalos of what athenian stranger we said that the lawgiver ought to have three things in view first that the city for which he legislates should be free and secondly be at unity with herself and thirdly should have understanding these were our principles were they not megalos certainly athenian stranger with a view to this we selected two kinds of government the one the most despotic and the other the most free and now we are considering which of them is the right form we took a mean in both cases of despotism in the one and of liberty in the other and we saw that in a mean they attained their perfection but that when they were carried to the extreme of either slavery or despotism neither party were the gainers megalos that is very true athenian stranger and 
that was our reason for considering the settlement of the dorian army and of the country at the foot of the dardanian mountains and the removal of the city to the plain by the sea and the first men who were the survivors of the deluge and all that was said about music and drinking and what preceded has been said with the view of seeing how a state might be best administered and how an individual might best order his own life and now megalos and cleinias how are we to prove to ourselves that our words are of any value cleinias stranger i think that i see how a proof of their value may be obtained this discussion of ours appears to me to have been singularly fortunate and just what i at this moment want most auspiciously have you and my friend megalos come in my way for i will tell you what has happened to me and i regard the coincidence as a sort of omen the greater part of crete is going to send out a colony and they have entrusted the management of the affair to the notions and the notions to me and nine others and they desire us to give them any laws which we please whether taken from the cretan model or from any other and they do not mind about their being foreign if they are better grant me then this favour which will also be a kindness to yourselves let us make a selection from what has been said and then let us imagine a state of which we will suppose ourselves to be the original colonizers thus we shall proceed with our inquiry and at the same time i may have the use of the framework which you are constructing for the city which is in contemplation athenian stranger that is good news cleinias and if megalos has no objection you may be sure that i will do all in my power to please you cleinias i agree megalos and i too cleinias excellent and now let us begin to frame the state end of book three recording in memory of mitchell edwards